0: And if you would turn uh, with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 2. And this evening we're going to look at verses 15 and 16 of Galatians chapter 2. If you've got a church Bible, that's page 1169 and in the large print 1808. So let me read verses 15 and 16. Of this chapter. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus. That we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. This is God's word. And uh, we've been memorizing chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, but if you want some extra uh, homework, uh, chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 also are excellent verses uh, to memorize. Uh, actually, they, they're, they're key verses in the book of Galatians, and hopefully we'll see why uh, this evening. Now, there are in, our, in, the, in the world, really, uh, two kinds of religion, two, two kinds. Uh, there's the religion of, of human achievement, and there's the religion of divine accomplishment. And there are all sorts of religions and philosophies that have different names. Even uh, atheism is a belief. And all of them, uh, without exception, are religions of human achievement. And the difference between human achievement and divine accomplishment uh, can be illustrated with the words do and done. So every religion in the world... They might have different names, but they're all spelt the same, D-O, do. Uh, everyone recognizes that there is a gap between us and God that needs to be bridged, and the response of, of religion is to do whatever you think God or the gods want from you. You've got to do it. It's all down to you. Even an atheist tries to do things that they might even want to please themselves, but it's all about what they are achieving to to reach whatever goal they are trying to reach. But the problem with this kind of religion is that A, we can never really do enough and B, even if you could, you can never know if it is enough. And so you're always needing to do more and try harder and you never really know if you've made it. But the Christian gospel, the good news, which is divine accomplishment, is not spelt D-O. It is spelt D-O-N-E. God has done all that is needed to make us right with him. He has done it all we'll see in Christ. And tonight's verses really declare that truth in, in compact form. And then the rest of Galatians really flows from the, uh, with details of, that, of this truth. Tonight we're going to consider the doctrine of justification by faith in Jesus Christ. Now you may not know what that means, what that term means, but at the end of today... I hope you will understand what that means. Because when we understand what justification by faith in Jesus Christ is, it leads us to praise God and to live for him with great joy, knowing that he has done all that's needed to make us right with him. He has done it all. And if you don't understand anything else for the rest of the evening, understand this. Jesus Christ, who is God, has done everything that is needed to make us right with God. You can't do it, but that's okay. He has done it for us. And in Paul's uh, letter to the Galatians, this, this good news that it is about what God has done, not about what we do, has been coming under attack. Paul is Astonished, we read in chapter 1 that the Christians are deserting the true gospel and turning to a gospel that is no gospel at all. False teachers have come in, they attack the message and they attack the messenger. And up to now, Paul has been defending himself as the messenger of the gospel. If we we can't trust Paul, how can we trust what he's got to say for us? And he's been answering the question, "Can can you trust me? And we've seen, uh, first of all, the experience of his conversion. We've seen that he, uh, his gospel didn't come from the apostles themselves, but from Jesus Christ himself. But we saw that uh, the apostles were in agreement with Paul. We've seen that there was one gospel. But last week we saw the incident in Antioch, where he challenged Peter in regard to how Peter was treating the Gentiles, if you remember, Peter uh, drew back and separated from them, and he was telling the Gentile Christians by his actions that they weren't proper Christians. The Gentiles were being forced to adopt Jewish customs, and the church in Galatia was a very mixed church of, of Jewish people and and Gentile non-Jewish believers. And the Gentile believers in Antioch were were saved from a culture that was steeped in the religion of human achievement. And when they were forced to adopt Jewish customs, they would think, well, in order to be saved, in order to be right with God, I've got to do those Jewish things for God to be really pleased with me. And this turning from the gospel of divine accomplishment to the gospel of human achievement was a turning to a gospel that is no gospel at all. And from verse 15, Paul declares to Peter what Peter knows and therefore should have been declaring in his words and his behaviour. Paul is rebuking Peter in these verses. He's telling Peter, Peter, you know better. Why do you know better? Because you, Peter, know about justification by faith in Jesus Christ. And so tonight we're going to look at what Paul tells Peter, or rather what Paul reminds Peter of, about the gospel. And we are going to understand, I hope, what is justification by faith in Christ. Because just like Peter, we need to be regularly reminded of what it is we believe about how God saves us from sin. Because when we forget how God saves us from sin, we begin to live like people who are not justified by faith. And it becomes, again, all about what we do. And in declaring this doctrine to Peter, Paul says the same thing three times in slightly different ways in these verses. So what we're going to see is, number one, what we know. Number two, how we respond. And number three, why we ought to. Okay, So there's the three, three things. What we know how we respond, why we ought to. So first of all, Paul declares what we know. Look again at the text with me. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know, this is what we know, that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Now we're going to think in a minute about what Paul means by the phrase Jews by birth knowing and not sinful Gentiles. But first of all, we need to understand three terms in this verse. Justified, works of the law, and faith in Jesus Christ. These three terms are are vital for understanding these verses. They're vital for understanding Galatians, and in fact, they're really important to understand the gospel. So first of all, justified. Justified is a, a legal term uh, from the law courts, and it literally means to be declared righteous. So, just to illustrate this, imagine uh, a person who's been charged with a crime. Uh, let's say they, they've been charged with treason, they've been given their country's secrets away to the enemy. Okay? Now, there are two ways in court. That the person charged with treason can justify themselves or be declared righteous. First of all, they could prove that they didn't pass the secrets on. They didn't sin. They didn't do this wrong thing, this treason. That's the first way. If it was proven that they didn't pass the secrets on, they would be justified. The court would say, You are righteous, you are, you are innocent of this crime. The second way they could prove it was that they had a right to pass on the secrets. I was, doing, I, was, I was right to do this. It wasn't wrong. It wasn't a crime. Perhaps they got permission from the secret service or something like that. But they've proven in court that actually they had a right to do it. In which case, if they could prove that they had a right to do it, then they would be justified. The court would say, you are declared righteous. If either of those things are true, they, they didn't do it or they were, were, were right to do it, in the sight of the Lord, that person would be, tr- would be treated as an innocent person. They would be declared righteous by the judge. That's kind of the meaning behind justification. And for the Bible, what we're talking about here is that God has charged us. He's the judge who has charged us with a very serious... Crime. We have rebelled against God's rule. Every human being, everybody has, in a sense, committed treason. And the problem that we have in the judgment of God is that we can't prove that we have not done it. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 9 says, Who can say, I have kept my heart pure, I am clean and without sin? I mean, Be honest with yourselves. Can any of you here tonight say, I have never rebelled against God? I have never done anything wrong? As we read in 1 John, if you are saying that, you are deceiving yourself. So we can't prove that we haven't done it, but neither can we prove that we had any kind of right at all to sin. God is in authority over us, He's our Creator, He sets the rules, and we can't say, well, actually, Here is my mitigating circumstances which mean that unlike every other human being that's ever lived, I'm all right to sin. Our sin is most serious. It is most grievous. We are guilty. We are not justified. We are guilty before God. And our sin separates us from God and the judgment is hell. And so what we need what we desperately, desperately need as humanity, what every person here and in the world needs is to be somehow justified. Somehow, before the holy God who is judge, we need to be justified, declared righteous. But we know we can't do it ourselves. We can't say I've not sinned and we can't say I have a right to sin. How then can I be justified? How can I be declared righteous? Well, the answer from the world religions is summed up in the word do, isn't it? Well, if you do this, you'll be declared righteous. It's seen as a, a kind of often a, a set of scales. Well, I, I, I admit I've done all this. I've done this wrong. But I'm going to try and, and balance it out with all of this good. And I think I've done a pretty good job at balancing the scales. Well, the, the, the problem is twofold. One, you're never going to balance the scales because... You don't realize the seriousness of your sin. But also, God isn't in the business of trying to find a balance in your life. He wants perfection. That's what he demands. And so if you have any sin, however much righteousness you've done, you can't get rid of what you have done against God. And so there is no way at all that we can justify ourselves. We cannot do it. We cannot do it. And one way of doing which doesn't justify is what Paul describes here in the verse, the works of the law. We know, Paul says, that a person is not justified by the works of the law. So let's look at what it means. What is the works of the law? Well, the works of the law are basically the uh, a Jewish term that refers to the positive and negative stipulations given in in the Torah or the the law of Moses. That includes things like the Ten Commandments and the, the sacrificial laws and the food laws and the laws around circumcision and so on. You can read about them in Exodus to Deuteronomy. That's what Paul means when he says the works of the law. And the point that Paul makes is conformity to the works of the law does not justify us. Now the law... Of the Old Testament is not evil of itself. God gave the law. Paul even conformed to the law himself. If you read Acts chapter 16, Timothy was circumcised because Paul said he should be. It's not conforming to the law itself that's the problem. The problem is when you think that conforming to the law makes you righteous before God, because it doesn't. It was a marker of Jewish identity, yes. In the Old Testament, it was a matter of obedience to follow it, yes, but it never made anyone righteous. Why? Because everyone fell short of following the law. No one kept it perfectly. Everybody failed. The law pointed always to something greater or someone greater, someone that could justify us. And that person is Jesus Christ. And it is by faith in Jesus Christ that we can be declared righteous. So that's the third term, faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Faith in Jesus Christ is this, to rely on Jesus and what he has accomplished on our behalf to justify us. So to have faith in something or someone is to, to rely on it or to trust it. Now, to rely on the works of the law means that you are relying on yourself to keep those works. It's another form of do. But that will not justify us because we fail to keep the law. But here's the thing about Jesus Christ Jesus Christ, unlike every other person that's ever lived, did not fail, he did not sin ever. He kept the law perfectly. Not just externally, but internally. His heart was pure. He could say, like that proverb, I have kept my heart pure. I have never sinned. Jesus Christ was faithful in every single way. In his thoughts, in his words, in his actions, in his motives. Everything about Jesus was perfect. He is the perfect human being. He lived the life that all human beings should live before God, but don't live. And here's the wonderful thing. When he died on the cross, he died in our place, bearing the punishment for our sins. And on the third day, he rose from the dead, showing that sin has been paid for. Now, Paul will unpack this more as the letter goes on. But to put your faith in Jesus Christ means this. To rely on him and what he has accomplished in his death and resurrection on our behalf to justify us you can't justify yourself you will suffer God's judgment if you try but Jesus Christ was judged by God for us in our place for our sins and he could do that because he never sinned himself justification is where the righteousness of Christ is counted as our righteousness because he paid for our sin for those who have faith in Jesus Christ We stand before God as if we possessed before the Father all that would enable him to say what he said to Jesus. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. If your faith is in Jesus Christ, God can say that to you. Justified. Isn't that astonishing? (laughs) That our sin is laid on him. Amazing, isn't it? So justification by faith can be defined like this. I am declared righteous at the judgment before God because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Let me say that again. Justification by faith can be defined like this. I am declared righteous at the judgment before God because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Amazing. The most amazing, astonishing, glorious news that there ever will be. Now I'll think more on this as we look at how to respond, but just, just think about it, meditate on that for a moment. Despite all of your sin, and, I mean, you, and, and by the way, you only know part of your sin, you don't even know the, the whole of it. Despite deserving to be judged for it, when you stand before God having faith in Jesus Christ, he declares over you righteous. Amazing. Well, Paul says to Peter, this is something, he says, we who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know. So in these verses, he's speaking to Peter, and both of these were were Jewish men, and the phrase sinful Gentiles was a Jewish colloquialism. That means a a phrase that that they would know, and it referred to people that were outside of the Jewish community, sinful Gentiles. They were seen as sinful because they did not have the boundaries of the Jewish law to stop them or keep them from sinning. That colloquialism is used, by the way, in the gospel when Jesus is called a friend of sinners. Now, Paul is not saying, when he says, we who are Jews by birth know, he's not saying that the Jews didn't sin. What he is saying is that the Jews knew something that the Gentiles didn't know until they were told it. And that knowledge is this, that a person is not justified by the works of the law. The Jewish people, although they did not always live this way, knew that it's not the law that justifies them. Paul points this out later on in their own history when he looks at Abraham. The law was a response to what God had done in saving them, but it was never intended to make them right with God. True, some Jews did live as though the law was the route to be right with God. They were called legalists. But that was not the case for all. But the sinful Gentiles were very different. In their culture, gods were supposed to be appeased by various sacrifices. And so when they were being told by false teachers to adopt Jewish customs, they were hearing this. So the God that Paul is preaching about, Jesus, is is just like all the other gods we used to worship. He wants us to do the works of the Jewish law in order to be righteous rather than the pagan works of the law. That was what they would be thinking. But what Paul says to Peter is this. We know, and Peter, you know, we're not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul's saying to Peter, stop acting in such a way that will make the Gentiles think that they need something to save them. Nothing but Jesus will, Peter. You know that. So make sure they know that by your words and your actions. And the same is true for us today. We may not feel the need, of course, to be circumcised to make us right with God. Most of us are not following the Jewish food laws. But are you trusting in anything, anything at all, other than Jesus Christ to justify you? Are you trusting in your good behavior? Are you trusting in your good reputation in the church or your community? Are you trusting in your knowledge? Are you trusting in the fact that your parents are Christians? Are you trusting in a prayer that you prayed many years ago? None of those things will justify you. When you stand before the judgment seat, you can't claim any of those things. All you can claim is faith in Jesus Christ. It is only by Christ and by what he has done, not by works of the law or anything else by which we may be justified. So if you're here tonight and you are relying on anything, anything other than Jesus, you are not declared righteous before God. Well, Paul moves on in verse 16 in the second part to the second point. How we respond. Well, how should we respond? How do we respond to this, this most amazing of, of, of news, of, most amazing news we respond like Paul and Peter did. Look at the next part. So we too, Paul says, have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Now we, when he says we, he must refer to Peter and Paul at, at, a, at a minimum. It could refer to all the Jewish Christians at Antioch. But either way, they have put their faith in Jesus Christ. They've responded to the gospel by their putting faith in Jesus Christ for their justification, not by works of the law. They believe that Jesus Christ has done all that is needed and they rely on him to be made righteous. The right response to what Jesus has done is to put your faith in him, to rely upon him, to trust in what he has done. So what does this look like? Well, for us as Christians, it is to be daily and I mean daily, I need this every single day, to be telling yourself the gospel so that your lives, our lives, are lived for him in light of what he has done for us. Now, Paul will outline this more clearly uh, next time when we look at, for example, verse 20, where he says, The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. But for tonight, just as we, we have this truth soak in us, of, of how we're right in God's sight because of Jesus, I want to give you four ways of responding to the truth that we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Four ways. First of all, you need to tell it to self. Just go back to that illustration of the person in, in the law court. They've been in court. These days, they've probably been on television. All the, the publicity that goes on and they're declared righteous, and when they're declared righteous, they are allowed to walk out of the court. They no longer live with that weight over them of what is going to happen to me. They no longer live as a prisoner, waiting and hoping they might for, for, for a release. They don't walk from the box where they're being in, in the court back into the prison cell. That person who has been declared righteous walks free out of the court into the world. And we need to tell ourselves every single day I am justified because of what Jesus has done. I'm free. I no longer face the condemnation of God. I don't dread it anymore because Jesus has died for my sin. We need to tell ourselves every day, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy worldwide church, the community of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. We need to tell ourselves those truths. I I believe this because Jesus has done it in history. He died for my sins. We don't believe in in a fairy tale. We don't believe in some myth. Or some, some story to, to give us a, a bit of an injection and some, you know, something nice to tell one another. In history, he died for my sins and he rose from the dead. And when we, we, we tell ourselves that, we can live in the light of that by living lives according to the word of the God who saved us. In freedom from the dread of the judgment to come. Now we'll unpack that more in the weeks ahead. But just for now, be aware that we need to regularly, daily, be telling ourselves the gospel. Because even though we might intellectually know it, we may have a a degree in justification by faith. It doesn't matter if you don't really believe it every single day. Because I can tell you, the devil knows the truth of justification by faith too. And he's the next person we need to tell it to. Satan is called... In Revelation 12, the accuser of the brethren. And in Revelation, that means, uh, well, it, it, the accuser means he comes and he accuses. He comes knocking at the door of our hearts, doesn't he? And he reminds you of all the things you've done wrong. Has that ever happened to you, where you get Satan knocking at your door and, and speaking to you and, and telling you? I'm not talking about an audible voice, I'm just talking about those thoughts that come up in your head of that sin you did. And he says things like, do you remember when you did that? You were a Christian even when you did that. How can you call yourself a Christian? Don't you realize how wretched you are? Don't you see that you're not matching the standards that God sets? How can you still sin when you're a Christian? Have you seen how good that Christian is over there? Why can't you be more like them? You're rubbish. You must have failed majorly, he says, for God to allow this to happen to you. You're suffering because of your sin. Ha. Does that ever happen to you? He comes knocking on the door. Well, here's what to do when Satan knocks at the door of your heart. Send Jesus to the door. (laughs) Send Christ to answer it. Because you know, when Jesus answers the door, he's got something to tell Satan. Jesus says, I know. I know what they're like. I know what they've done. And I've died for all of their sins. And there's nothing, Satan, that you can say that will change their standing before God. They are my brother or my sister. And my father loves them like he loves me because I died for their sin. There's nothing that you can do. There's no accusation that you can throw. And do you remember Satan that day when I rose from the dead? Don't listen to those accusations. Tell him the gospel. Thirdly, tell it to the saints. Peter's problem was that he knew the truth about justification by faith, but he didn't live as if it was for everybody. Now here's a thought that will change the way you view your brothers and sisters in the church. Every single brother and sister in the church is just as pleasing to the Father as you are. Everyone is just as justified as you are, just as declared righteous as you are. You are not more righteous than any other Christian. We all carry the righteousness of Jesus. Now, of course, we all have different levels, perhaps, of Christ-likeness until we are all like him, but no one is more righteous than anybody else. Do you view other saints in that way? Do you look at them as a person to whom the Father says, I'm well pleased with them, how often do you think of yourself as more Christ-like than someone else, which, by the way, is a most unchrist like thing to think, and then you treat them as if they are a lesser Christian because they don't meet your standards? How dare you? How dare you do that? How dare I do that? They're a brother or sister who has been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to say, of course, we shouldn't rebuke and correct and, and so on and so forth, and and call out sin. But we must have an attitude towards one another that this is a brother or sister who is just as justified as I am. If we have that view of one another, the love that we will have for one another will be magnificent and will be an amazing testimony to the world of what justification by faith means. And finally... Tell it to the sinners. When I say sinners, I'm talking about unbelievers. Here, there is a world of people out there who are trying every day to justify themselves before God and failing every day. Many people believe in an afterlife and many think that they will be okay because they're good deeds, that way they're bad. And brothers and sisters, many people are exhausted by this. Many people are living in dread of the judgment to come rightly so but don't know that they can be justified by faith in Jesus Christ so we need to be sharing this truth with each other and sharing the truth with our community the only way that they will be justified before God is through faith in Jesus Christ isn't it there's no other way so let's be praying for opportunities especially over this Christmas season to share the good news why did why, why did Jesus come why do we celebrate Christmas? He came to justify us that we can be declared righteous before God. That's why he came. Let's pray this Christmas that, that people will grasp it, will get it, will be saved. So then, we've seen what we know, how we respond, and then finally, why we ought to. We see this at the end of verse 16. Just notice it there. because There is a because So Paul says at the end of verse 16, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. That's why we respond with faith in Jesus Christ, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. In that final phrase, Paul repeats again what he's already said. This is probably, I think, in these verses, the third time. But there's a slightly different emphasis. It's the word no one, or words no one. No one. Now Paul is quoting in part here from Psalm 143. Uh, In that Psalm, David says this, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. David prays for mercy because David knows, and again, an Old Testament Jewish man knows that he can't come before God's judgment and be declared righteous because no one living is righteous before you. And so David prays for mercy. And at the beginning of the verse in Galatians, Paul says that a person is not justified by the works of the law. Notice at the end of the verse, he makes himself even clearer. By the works of the law, no one will be justified. Not one human being who has ever or will ever live, apart from Jesus Christ, No one who has ever lived, no one who is living, no one who will ever live, is justified by the works of the law. And that includes you, it includes me, it includes us all. You will be at the judgment of God. every single one of you will stand before God and will face his judgment. And you will not be justified. You will not be declared righteous. You will face his judgment unless you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And I urge you to do that today. Young people, you may think you've got lots of time, but let me tell you human life is fragile and brief, and it can be taken away at any moment. In any number of ways. We must always be ready to meet our maker. Don't underestimate the fact that if God is calling you right now, he may not call you again. Now is the time to respond. How are you going to be declared righteous at the judgment? How? We need to cry for mercy, like David did. And we know that because of Jesus' faithfulness, and Jesus is righteousness, relief will come. Because God is faithful and righteous, or in the words of 1 John, faithful and just, he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all right, unrighteousness, not because of how good we are, but because Jesus Christ has died for our sins. And so if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, don't leave this place today, not right with God. Don't go home. Not right with God. Today, tonight, put your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about with that, but you, you want to do that, please come and speak to us afterwards. Speak to a church member. We would love to share with you just about f- being justified by faith in Jesus Christ. So let me close with this. Justification by faith means this. I am declared righteous at the judgment before God because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. And it is the most wonderful, glorious, amazing truth in the world. For it means that you and I can be right with God because he has done it all. Stop trying to do it yourself. Stop it. You can't. But praise God, he has done it all. We don't need to face the judgment of God with dread. We look forward to the day when Jesus returns as his people because we're justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, let's believe this truth. Let us share this truth. Let us tell ourselves and others this truth. Let us praise God for this truth. And we'll do that now with two songs uh, that are really a way of, of celebrating what we have heard in these verses. First of all, we're going to sing uh, before the throne of God above. I have a strong a perfect plea, that is Jesus Christ. And then we're going to uh, continue by singing boldly, I approach your throne. So let's stand together and let's from our hearts praise God and celebrate what he has done for us. let us hold firmly to the faith we profess and let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen.